Mr. Jeff, you bad motherfucker. Yeah, welcome back, podcast world. I'm your host, Rasta Jeff. This is episode 827 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. I've got another great show lined up for us. In this episode, I'm going to give away free seeds. That's right, hang out. We'll talk more about the free seeds later on in the episode. I do want to remind you that the Dude Grows Cup is coming to Fort Collins, Colorado on June 1st. That's right, join us at the Dude Grows Growers Cup in Fort Collins, Colorado on June 1st. Team Irie Genetics will be there. I will be there. White Mike will be there. The Dude will be there. Scotty Real will be there. It is going to be a huge party. I invite you to join us at the Dude Grows Growers Cup. Make sure you check out dgccup.com for all of the information. All right, now let's work our way into some people's new favorite portion of the podcast. That, of course, is the pet peeve section of the show. Everybody out there has a grow room pet peeve. It could be something that happens in a friend's grow. It could be something that has happened in a commercial grow. It could be something you've seen uh, on the internet, online, on social media. But let me know what is your grow room pet peeve. I know something drives you crazy out there. Send me an email. My email address is at hotmail.com. Let me know your grow room pet peeve. If I read your peeve here on the podcast, I will send you a coupon code for a free pack of Irie Genetics premium seeds off of Irie Direct. That's a lot of peas in one paragraph. Let's keep it moving. I do have a grow room pet peeve that did come from my friend Shawnee Mack, and it says, hey, Rasta Jeff, thanks for all you do for the community, bro. That is a great way to start a message. You are very welcome. Thank you for the great feedback. It says, you really help empower both new and seasoned growers, and we are very thankful for your willingness to do so. Uh, that's an amazing compliment. Thank you. To be empowering growers, uh, new and experienced, that does mean a lot to me. That is actually the goal of the podcast, so it means a lot to hear that I'm hitting that exact goal. Thank you. Now, it goes on. It says, I've got a pet peeve. My example is when I'm listening to a live show or a podcast, and they have someone either in the community or in the comments or a guest being a know-it-all and not being open to have a conversation to talk about anything. They're doing themselves a disservice by being so hard-headed and it just leaves a bad vibe. Thanks for the consideration. Much respect from your friend, Shawnee Mac. Yes, Shawnee Mac, I agree with you in so many ways. It's frustrating when uh, there's a panel, a group, and one person does like to just try to take control and push their agenda. Uh, I will admit I do talk a lot when I'm on other podcasts, but I understand what I'm saying. Uh, I'm educated on the topic. I try not to interrupt. I try to listen and I try to give uh, positive and uh, useful insight when I'm talking on a show. I don't just try to talk about random shit. I try to have something that pertains to the subject, something that could help you out. Uh, but I do understand not everybody is as good of a guest as we would like them all to be. Some people will talk right over you. Some people will interrupt you. Some people are there with an agenda already. We brought them on a show where maybe we're both a guest on a show to talk about uh, germinating seeds, but they want to talk about their new nutrient line. So every other paragraph out of them is about their new nutrient line. That shit does happen. Super frustrating. And the know-it-alls in the comments, the know-it-alls on the shows. Yes, that is super frustrating. There are so many ways to grow this plant and it bothers me when you come up with an idea, you're you start talking about your grow. And this often happens. There's a couple of industries I've worked in that this happens in. I'm going to get off on a side tangent here, but this one is what makes the show fun. So I've shopped at Guitar Center and I've shopped at grow stores in the past and they both have the same uh, sort of thing. You go in there and you tell the person what you're trying to do. They're like, hey, welcome to either a garden center or a guitar center. It's either fucking one. They go, hey, welcome to the store. 
what are you trying to do today? How can we help you? And you say, yeah, I'm trying to complete this project. Here's what I'm trying to do. I need part B. I've got A and C. I need part B. Can you show me where that is? It seems like at both of those places, the Guitar Center and the Grow Center, they both go, oh, your idea sucks, bro. The only way it's going to work is if you do my idea. And that's so frustrating when people can't, they don't even know my goal. They don't know what I'm trying to do. They don't know my situation, but their way is better than mine and only their way will work. That does drive me crazy and frustrate me. I do love it when I look into a garden and I see, I can go, oh, these people listen to the show because they're growing uh, three gallon pots with cocoa, with perlite. They got a drip system. They got trellis. Uh, they got the light set up the way I talk about. I can see it. I love that. But guess what? If you don't grow the way that I do, I'm totally fine with that. Grow the way that works for you. Grow what works best for you and absorb the knowledge and information that works best for you also. Keep in mind, there are a lot of podcasters out there. Uh, I grow a certain way. All the other podcasters grow a different way. I don't know how they grow, but I know it's different because they're not in my room doing it the exact same way. So we all grow a little bit differently. Everybody out there, we're doing the same thing with a different style, with a different twist on it. So take the information you get that applies to you, use it. If it doesn't apply to you, take it with a huge grain of salt. And then judge the vibe of the podcaster that you're listening to, the guest, whoever it is. You know, it sounds like this person already knows who they do and do not want to listen to. So yes, there are so many ways to grow this plant. So those know-it-alls do drive me crazy. The hard-headed folks do drive me crazy. Um, something else that drives me crazy, and this is coming from a person who is a podcast viewer and also a podcast producer, but also I'm a guest on podcasts. So I get a lot of different uh, perspectives of this, but when podcasters interrupt guests, it drives me freaking crazy. Uh, I don't have that problem on this show because it's just me rambling. If somebody's interrupting, it's probably Mike interrupting me, and I approve of that. But um, they'll get a good flow going, right? They'll have a, a host and a guest and then uh, a co-host maybe, or maybe it's just even the host. They'll get a good flow going, and they'll be like, question, answer, question, answer. And they finally, they got to warm up to each other. You know what I mean? It takes a couple of questions and answers and some chatting to get comfortable on a show. But then they'll ask that one question that we've all been waiting for. And the breeder or the answerer, or sometimes it's me, I'll get excited. I'm like, yes, I'm excited to answer this. Um, if I'm excited about the question, I know that the listeners are excited about my response because I've been asked freaking everything on a podcast by now. So if you ask me a cool, creative question, shout out to Chad Westport for asking cool questions. Uh, it gets me excited and I get excited to answer. So I start telling you something really cool. I can talk for a couple of minutes and tell you something really cool. But then about 30 seconds into that, either the co-host or the guy that asked me the question will distract me, interrupt me, ask me another question and sidetrack that. No, I don't get to finish that, and I'm trying to keep up with the show and keep the show moving, so I answer the second question. Um, the audience, if I'm the one listening to the show or the one on the show, I know the audience got screwed out of hearing that. Sometimes I go, ah, shut up, I wanted to hear that answer, but the host will just talk right over the guest, not even give us the opportunity to hear a really cool answer. If you just let a guest talk sometimes, uh, you'll get a really cool story, you'll get really cool details that you never would have gotten with just a straight back and forth uh, just question, answer, question, answer, rapid fire sort of thing. Let a guest talk is something that I really enjoy or that is a pet peeve when people do that. If they don't let the guest talk, that drives me crazy. I do have more notes here. Um, what also drives me crazy on podcasts is when um, I'm talking to a camera right now. I don't have any feedback from an audience, but I know you're there. I'm imagining you. Uh, I'm imagining some people over there just snacking popcorn. Some people are hitting the bong. Some people are just scrolling into their computer. Some people are on their car. But anyway... Um, I don't get any feedback right here, but when I'm talking to somebody or when I watch a podcast where it's two people talking back and forth 
and it's just question, answer, question, answer. That's cool, but I'd like it to connect a little bit. Uh, it drives me crazy when the guy's like, what's your favorite color? And he's like, purple. And he goes, cool. Where'd you grow up? California. Cool. What do you drink? Soda. Cool. What do you eat? Tacos. It's just such a boring interview. I like to see people connect a little bit more. But I do agree. I am a podcast listener, a podcast consumer. I'm also a producer and a guest. So I get to sit in three different chairs and see three different perspectives of podcasting. And everybody does it differently, just like we're growing. All the podcasters do it differently. I do it differently than the Dude Grow Show. The Dude Grow Show does it differently than Adam Dunn. And we all do it differently than Tad Hussey. Uh, everybody just has their own style. But um, I do agree with you, my friend. It does drive me crazy when there is a know-it-all either on the show or in the comments. It's great to shine. It's great to have something to say, but I feel like some people just want to type into the comments just to show that they can type and have something to talk about today. So my friend, my new friend, Shawnee Mac, bro, check your email because you do have a coupon code for a free pack of Irie Genetics premium seeds at iriedirect.com. And once again, thank you for the great pet peeve. You did get me rambling there, got the show started off super strong. So thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have a pet peeve that you would like to share with me, once again, please do send me an email. The email address is growfromyourheart at hotmail.com. If I read your pet peeve here on the show, you will win a free pack of seeds off of iriedirect.com. All right, let's keep this momentum going and work our way into the grow help portion of today's podcast. I do have a website. That website is iriegenetics.com. Com. On the top of that website, there is a row of tabs. One of those tabs says grow help or grow questions. If you have a grow question or if you need grow help or if you have cannabis culture or community questions, you can use that grow help tab there. Uh, we will ask you a few preliminary questions. We may ask you about the temperature, humidity, what strain are you growing, indoors or outdoors. If you want to fill out that stuff, go ahead. If not, go right to the bottom. You can ask us your grow question. If I read your grow question here on the podcast, I will send you a coupon code for a free pack of seeds off iriedirect.com. The first question in today's show came from our new friend, Daniel. Daniel, thank you for the great question. It goes just like this. It says, I'm a big fan. I love the podcast. I've been listening for a little over two years, and I love your style, bro. That is a great way to start. Thank you for listening for two years. I do appreciate that, and I'm glad you like my style. It also says, I have a question here that I hope you will clear up. All right, I'll do my best. It says, I feed Synganic. First of all, you know how much I love the word Synganic. We're going to let that one fly this time. It says, do you think a product like Push would or could help with yellowing mid-flower? Any feedback would be great. Then he wraps it up with tax time is soon, and I'm going to hit up Irie Direct for my next couple of grows. And he says, thanks for the help. Bro, you are very welcome. Uh, you're not going to have to wait for tax time to hit up Irie Direct because since I read your question here on the podcast, you will get a coupon code for a free pack of Irie Genetics Premium Seeds. Now let's jump into the answer here. Um, my friend is experiencing yellowing in mid-flower, and they're asking if push uh, could or would help with that yellowing. Uh, Push, of course, is a foliar-fed product from our friends at Hydroponic Research. They're the folks that put out the product Veg Bloom. They also put out Shine. Uh, it's a great set of products that they've got there. Uh, the question is, will the Push product help with the yellowing? Um, I don't think it is going to be the solution that you were looking for. What you are experiencing or what the plants are showing you is a nitrogen deficiency, which means those plants basically need nitrogen. If you feed them push, they're going to start cycling even more quickly, and I think you're going to see more deficiencies because of the uh, the already deficient uh, nitrogen there. So what I really think you need is nitrogen. Now, what I would recommend 
uh, is more nitrogen late in the veg phase. I know you can't do that now, but when you do grow this plant next time, I would continue the nitrogen, your base nutrient. Uh, it says you're doing synganic. So I don't know what kind of uh, bottles or what you're doing. I don't know your combo there of your synganic stuff. See, that's kind of why it throws us off. And I have no idea what you're doing. I just know that some of it's organic. Some of it is bottled stuff. But one thing I would recommend is if you grow this same cultivar, this same plant again, is that you give this plant more nitrogen late in the veg phase and continue that nitrogen a little bit later into the flowering phase. We already know this plant's going to use a lot of nitrogen. It's burning out early. Let's give it more. The plant will receive most of its nitrogen in that late veg phase and it will store it up. Then it will use a lot of that stored nitrogen into the flowering phase. But in this situation, it seems like you did not have enough of that nitrogen stored up, so the plants are running out of energy now. There are a couple of things you can do. You can bottle feed with the nitrogen-based nutrient. That wouldn't be a problem. You can also foliar feed with that nitrogen-based nutrient. Uh, I wouldn't do the push. The push is, like I said, the push is going to uh, probably make the plants try to go faster than they're already going. It's going to create more problems. I would not use the push unless everything looks good already. Push is not a fixer. Push is an enhancer, in my opinion, in my experience. I wouldn't use it to fix. It's push. It's called push. It's like everything else is already in line. Now let's fucking push. So that's what I think push would be for. I think the yellowing that you are seeing is a nitrogen deficiency. Most likely, most commonly, uh, that yellowing is a nitrogen deficiency. So I would boost up the nitrogen. I would do that next time. I would do it by increasing that in veg. I would add more nitrogen later in the veg phase. Let it store up all of that so that it can use that early into the flowering phase and keep feeding it the nitrogen. Um, you're probably not using an A and B, a veg in a bloom bottle, but let's say that somebody is using uh, veg newts and then they're going to flip to the flowering newts. Uh, for this particular plant, I would keep those vegetative nutrients in the mix for at least one more, maybe two weeks, and then switch to that flowering nutrient if you were using the bottles. So I really think that uh, the problem here is a nitrogen deficiency. Another thing that you may want to check on and you may want to dial in is the pH of the feed or the water going into your plant. Don't stress too much on the pH of the soil itself. You will be chasing that forever. Uh, that will always be in flux based on how wet, how dry that soil is. The, flux, the pH will always be changing. Focus on the pH of the solution that is going into that. Uh, I don't know if it's a bed, a pot, or what you're working with, but uh, if you're mixing shit up, if you're pouring in just water, adjust that pH and get it consistent. Uh, I would recommend uh, somewhere between 6.2 and 6.5. I'm not sure what you've got going on, but pick a number that you like that you think will work for your setup and stay consistent when you water. That may also help with your nutrient uptake. But what I really think happened was these plants took off on you. They didn't have enough nitrogen. Now they're showing a little bit of yellow. The only thing to do is feed them nitrogen. We call this chasing the plant and it's definitely getting away from you. All right, my dude, Daniel, thank you for the great question. Do check your email because you've got a coupon code for a free pack of seeds. All right, we're having fun. There's no reason to stop now. Let's keep it going. The next question came from our friend who wants to be called Brian. Brian, thank you for the great question. This one, once again, came from that Grow Help tab on irigenetics.com. The question says, hey, Rasta Jeff. Hey, Brian, thank you for the great question. It says, I just want to start off by saying thanks for all of the knowledge you give for free and for inspiration to breed. Bro, those are two great things to get compliments for. Dude, thank you. Thank you for noticing that the podcast is free, that I don't charge a thing for the show. Uh, 825 episodes available on YouTube. Go listen to all of them. And also, thanks for saying that I inspire you to breed. I love that. 
Uh, breeding cannabis gives me joy. So being able to pass on that skill uh, and that joy to somebody else, that puts a smile on my face. Let me stay focused. It says, I'm about to start popping some of your feminized seeds. Very good idea. It says, I bought these seeds and I'm wondering if I pollinate those feminized plants with a male. Will it make more than usual amount of female seeds or just the usual 50-50 male female? That is a very good question. There are a lot of uh, weird ideas, uh, misconceptions, myths, misnomers, if you will, about feminized seeds. Uh, this is a very good question that pops up a lot. And the answer to this is very simple. Uh, you should probably get 50% male and 50% female. Nothing will be different. Uh, if this seed, if this plant came from, if your female plant came from a regular seed or a feminized seed, it will not make any difference when you breed with that plant. If it will produce more male or female seeds, it will produce 50, 50. The only difference in that feminized plant and a regular plant is that there were no male chromosomes. Um, shout out to my friend, Mr. Soul, because Mr. Soul kind of put this idea in my head, this way of thinking about fem seeds. This is not the way that it works, but this is a good mindset, a good idea of how to grasp feminized seeds and how they work. Think about it this way. The only difference is if maybe hypothetically I had a male plant over here and I've got a female plant over here when I'm producing feminized seeds, think about it that I magically created a force field that does not let male pollen get to my female plant. Because in my opinion, in my experience, in my studies, the pollen is what determines the sex. Yes, I've gone back to the pollen. Why do I believe that? Because I can make feminized seeds from female pollen. So think about my theory, my, my idea that I want you to wrap your head around is the only difference is that I have sucked out of the room all of the male pollen. So let's just say that the pollen's coming off of that male plant. 50% of that pollen will be a boy. 50% of that pollen will be a girl. I've got a security guard standing at the door going, ladies only, bro. Or I've got a shop vac that only sucks up male pollen or a filter that only gets male pollen. So only girl female pollen has made it to the female plants. That is the only difference. Once that pollination has happened, everything is the same other than no dudes. It's going to be all females. That is the only difference. Once again, I want to give credit to my friend, Mr. Soul. Uh, he is the one that put the idea of to teach the vacuum, the filter. Uh, that's a really good metaphor of how to teach feminized seeds. That is not how it works at all. There's much more work to it than that. But that is the mindset. When you think about fem seeds, the only difference is that they are all girls. There was no male pollen, no male chromosome available. I basically put up a barrier and we kept all the dudes out. It's ladies night party on. So that, my friend, was the really long answer. Uh, they will be exactly like any other plant that you ever breed with. And then the short answer is probably 50-50. You're going to see anomalies and variation in every breeding project. You might get some that are 70% males, 30% females, and the opposite. But most of the time, you will see a 50-50 mix in the progeny, whether you're using a feminized female or a regular male-female produced female pollen receiving plant. Wow, that was a lot of technical words in one sentence there. Dude, that was a good question. Brian, thank you for the great question. Uh, please do check your email because you've got a coupon code for a free pack of Irie Genetics Premium Seeds. All right, we're having a good time. Let's not end the party yet. Let's bang out one more good question. Of course, this question did come from that Grow Help tab on iriegenetics.com. Make sure you check out iriegenetics.com. There's a link to the Discord server. If you want to join the Discord server, come hang out with us. There is a Smoker's Lounge chat where there are probably five or six, seven or eight really cool people hanging out right now, smoking, dabbing, talking about life. 
uh, talking about growing ganja. Who knows what they could be talking about? If you've got a grow question, you need some help right now, there could be somebody in there right now that could answer your question. So pop in, join us on Discord. Also, there's a link to the Patreon server at patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. But make sure you use that grow help tab at iregenetics.com. This one came from a person who wants to be called Old Head Willie. What's up, Old Head Willie? Thank you for the great question. Dude, make sure you check your email because you've got a coupon code for a free pack of seeds waiting for you. This is a general grow question. The question starts off with good day, Rasta Jeff. Good day, Willie. Thanks for the question. It says, I got a question about lighting when in flower. This is a good question. I had to switch tents mid flower and the light spectrum from the lights are different. The one they came from is more yellowish and soft compared to where they are currently, which is more white. Can the change in light spectrum affect the plants in any way? Uh, without reading the second half of this, yes. Uh, light spectrum will change, can change a lot of things in the plants. It will show a lot of different expression. Just for an example, I've got a room running right now that's got a high pressure sodium lamp, a metal halide lamp, and then a few LEDs lined up on the outer perimeter just to give some extra light. And I can see a difference in the sections in the room that are getting different light. I can see the, the different performances based on those different lights. The uh, HPS light is the one to the left. It looks a little more ragged. It doesn't look as healthy as the light next to it. That metal halide light, those plants look a little bit more healthy. I've been overfeeding the plants. I tend to do that. I like to do that. I do it on purpose. The plants underneath the metal halide are taking the overfeeding very well. They're not showing as much abuse. The plants under the high pressure sodium, they look a little bit pissed off about that overfeeding. They're getting a little uh, more than their nails done. They're getting the tips and the edges are getting a little bit crinkly. I know I need to pull back on the feeding, but no, I want to push them. It's my global party how I want to. But I can see a lot of variation in the structure of the plant, the shape of the buds, the bud development. Uh, the stretchiness of those plants. The plants under the, the metal halide did not stretch as far. The plants under the HPS, they're stretchier. Their branches are kind of falling over and more gangly. So I can see a difference in that room just by the plants that are under different lights. The plants that are under all three look amazing. There's one row that gets hit with the HPS, the metal halide, and the LEDs. Those plants look freaking stellar. So uh, we will see some difference. The lights will make a lot of difference. I've grown... So for several years, I grew, I grew under high-pressure sodium lamps. That was my go-to light. I loved it. I uh, still love them. They work very well. They bang out really nice crops. Then one year, I decided to switch to LEDs. My plants looked totally, totally different when I switched to LEDs. They were shorter, uh, squatter. That might be the same thing, but a little bit wider, uh, more compact. The internodal spacing got tighter. The branching got tighter. They still branched out, but they didn't go whoom and stretch out real far. They just went bang and stretched out real strong and real stout. So I saw differences just switching from light. So you're going to see some difference. Now he does go on though. He says, I've seen the plants kind of hit pause for about two weeks before they hit their stride again. They didn't show any deficiencies or anything. They just slowed down. Um, you went from a, you said from a light spectrum, uh, they came from a yellow to a white. So they're just probably adjusting to that new spectrum. To them, it's a new season. They're like, why did the sun change? The sun was yellow for so long and now the sun is white. What the fuck is going on? They're just trying to figure out what happened. Also, I'm not sure when you did the switch. If you did this at like week two, week three, they might've just been transitioning and they were just changing their hormones around anyway. And they just went on stall mode because they were confused. But there is more. Uh, it says, uh, now this is my in-between run where I run eight one-gallons with organic nutrients. Six of the eight were are dialed in and doing wonderfully, 
but the pause was across the board. So yeah, it's probably just, they, they weren't mad or anything. They were just trying to figure out why. Like imagine if you woke up one day and the sun went from orange to white. You're just like, you, you'd go, oh shit. You'd be really confused. It would take your brain. Uh, all the fruits and vegetables would go weird. Everything would be stranged out from it. So it's probably what's happening here. Uh, it's just going, hey, why is the light different colors? It thought it might be a different season. It had to figure out what to do. <clears throat> Excuse me for all the throat clearing. I did take dabs before the show. Uh, it said, uh, are there potential pros or cons when switching light spectrums mid-flower? Now we get mid-flower. That makes more sense. Uh, could the slowdown caused by the change or was it from something else? No, it was uh, most likely caused by the change. That's something that growers like to do. That's something we like to do as humans. We know the obvious cause of something, but we like to doubt that. Uh, stop second guessing yourself as a person, as a grower. Uh, have some confidence. It's everybody out there. Uh, be confident in your first decision and uh, trust your intuition. It is probably right, probably correct. Don't overthink things. That's most things in life, you guys. Uh, so yes, I'm going to assume that that was uh, the slowdown was because of the switch in light spectrums. I'm not sure if you went from uh, more powerful lights, less powerful lights, uh, definitely a different spectrum. So that changed them. They were different. Um, they, they had a big change. They, like I said, they think you moved them from the top of the mountain to the bottom of the mountain, or maybe from Colorado to Florida, or maybe even from Colorado to, uh, let's pick some more way different Jamaica. I just picked some more different than maybe I might want to go. So you just moved them and they're going, where are we, bro? And they're just trying to figure it out. Um, yeah, I'm going to say it was the light. They're in a different, that not only is the DLI different because of the light, they're getting a different spectrum, a different par. Uh, the lighting is way different, but also I bet you the VPD changed with that because the it's in a different tent, which means a different light, which probably different airflow. The light's going to give you a different temperature. Uh, it's going to create a different humidity. So many things change to these plants that they're just going, what the fuck, bro? And now they're going to catch up. They'll get their shit back together. Uh, most of the time you can switch from that HPS or the metal halide to the HPS about two weeks in, you won't see a big difference. If you're running a thousand watt, or if you step up and go, if you go from a six to a thousand, you shouldn't see much slowdown, but I really think you just confused them. That's all I think you did. So if you're going to switch lights, you guys uh, try to do it more gradually, uh, go up in wattage, don't go down in wattage and try to pay attention to the spectrum and try to use the proper spectrum for the stage of flowering, which you are in. Um, I need a lighting expert to help me do a podcast about lighting because I honestly am not qualified to talk, teach too much about grow lights. Um, I understand the plants very well. I understand the systems. I understand soil. I get photosynthesis. I understand how all that stuff works. I deeply understand breeding, but when it comes to lights and stuff, um, there's something in my brain that just doesn't care. So the ADD stops me from learning. If there's a lighting expert out there that would like to come on the show and teach us the basics of lighting, um, I'm all ears and our audience would love to hear from you. Reach out, grow from your heart at hotmail.com. Dude, I am super rambly. I usually end the show right now, but let's do it. Bang out one more message here on today's podcast. This one came from our friend who wants to be called one deep. Of course, this did come from that grow hell tab on the website. It says, I'm growing indoors, in soil, using HLG lights. I use liquid fertilizer. Uh, is it best to pre-mix your nutrients and let it aerate for 24 hours and then water? Or should I just mix, pH, check PPM? Um, bro, don't let that shit sit out for too long. It is not meant to sit for a long time. It is meant to be uh, mixed, stirred up. Uh, PH'd and fed to the plants as soon as possible. There's a reason why all of this stuff is sold in different bottles, because when you put them in one thing, there's a chance that they will bind. Also, your heavier nutrients are going to fall to the bottom. The lighter shit's going to float to the top. Overnight, you're going to notice that different things lock up and bind together. Everything will sink to the bottom and get all shitty. 
Please do not let that stuff sit out too long. Mix it up, stir it, use it right away. Definitely check that pH, uh, check the PPMs. Now, people are going to say, what about hydro? That stuff's in there all the time. It's moving. It's constantly circulating. It's not sitting there. It's getting stirred. It's like you're shaking the bottles the whole time, so that's a big difference. But if you're going to feed it in pots, this person said that they are in pro mix. So, yes, mix it up, uh, water it as soon as possible. There is more. It says, and does it matter if you use compost teas with bottled nutrients? Um, you can use the compost teas with bottled nutrients. Be careful not to burn anything, not to overdo it. But those compost teas should give you some good life in your rhizosphere. Uh, get those beneficial bacterias, uh, get them more active, which that does work as a good buffer uh, to help get those nutrients balanced out. All the microbes in the soil work with the exudates in the plants, tell the plant what to uptake a little bit better. Of course, all those buffered and chelated nutrients are going to get into that plant, but that's another whole nother episode. I uh, said, I know it's a lot to go over, but I would really like to hear your thoughts on how you water and feed. Uh, really quickly, I could tell you on how I water and feed. Um, I get a reservoir. We can use anything from a five gallon bucket to a 35 gallon trash can to a 155 million gallon drum, whatever we need. Mix it up with water. Um, in a personal grow, I just use water from the tap because our municipal water here is pretty chill. At a commercial grow, I would run it through a big boy filter. I usually do not do um, what is it? RO water. That's more of that causes more problems. It sets you up with more struggle to begin with. So water, fill up my vessel with water. Um, if I'm going to add some sort of potassium silicate or a silicate product, that one goes first, add that in there at the recommended dosage or whatever I think I need. Oh, excuse me for burping at you, but add the potassium silicate, mix that up, uh, get that mixed up. Then I will start with my base nutrients. What am I using right now? Uh, hypothetically, we're going to say we're going with the Botanicare Pure Blend Pro line because it's very easy to use. Uh, I'll use the Botanicare Pure Blend Pro base. Uh, as much of that as I feel like I need, pour it into a measuring cup. Uh, I think that one I use for a five gallon bucket. I think I would use about 100 to 125 milliliters of that base. Pour that into my five gallon bucket, give it a little stir. Then I would continue down the line, whichever nutrients I need for this mix, probably some CalMag, the recommended dosage of that, probably some something with some uh, Bloom Booster. Then uh, I'm just guessing what else might go in there. Get all my liquids in there, mix it up. Um, then I will adjust the pH. Then I add my powdered microbes. The microbes go in after I adjust the pH. Uh, then I feed it directly to the plants. It depends on, again, the size of the room, the amount of plants, the size of the reservoir. But uh, hypothetically, if it's a small space, I'll use a pitcher, like a Kool-Aid pitcher that you'd get at Walmart for uh, mixing up lemonade or Kool-Aid or whatever you're going to put on the 4th of July picnic table. Dip that into my big container of water and just hand water my plant as necessary. I like to water... Uh, most of the time I use a three gallon pot, uh, with a soilless mix in a personal grow. So it's a three gallon pot with a soilless mix. I will water and probably about half to three quarters of a gallon of water per pot. If it's dry enough to take that, that's usually when I like to water. Uh, that's if you've listened to water tech one through five, that's when they're ready. So I'll hit that half to three quarters of a gallon. And then usually that will give me just enough runoff to almost fill that runoff tray, that saucer underneath the pot. It'll almost fill that. And I do not dump that. A lot of people go and collect that water. I do not. Um, my plants are big. My plants are hardy. My plants are healthy and stout. That, that whole pot's filled with roots. That little bottom part isn't going to get too angry with some extra water. Honestly, that's how I buy myself an extra day or two of watering when I go out of town. So um, mix it up. pH it. Oh, did I mention pH? I mix it all up. Yeah, I pH it. Then I throw in the microbes. Um, before the microbes go in, I also check the EC or the PPM. I write all that shit down. 
uh, throw in the microbes, give it a good solid mix, uh, and then just go in there and water each individual plant as needed. Um, that's basically it. Then I wait for that runoff to come out. In the commercial grow, I will document the pH and EC of the runoff. In my personal grow, I don't feel the need to do that. Um, there's not as many plants. I remember what's going on a little bit better. And uh, it's my personal grow. I, I'm accountable for it. I feel like I'm accountable. That's I don't need to take that note. I could, I should, but it's my grow. And I feel like I know. I know what's going on in there enough. I'm, I'm paying enough attention. In the commercial grows, I've got like room A, room B, room C. Uh, building A and building B with rooms A, B, and C, that shit gets overwhelming. Take all those fucking notes. But in my personal grow, uh, I think I can remember. I don't need to document the EC and pH of my runoff. That's I got enough going on. All right, let me see how much of this message I covered. Where am I? Here we are. Um, how do I really like to know my thoughts on how I water and feed? I think I did the quick version. Uh, just like most people, bro, fill the container, uh, silicate first, mix it up, uh, base nutrients, liquid karma, CalMag, Bloom Booster, um, carbs. Most of that can go in almost any order, in my opinion. The silicate first, then the base, then just tag on everything else. pH it, um, mark down the pH and the EC, throw in the recharge, mix the fuck out of it, and then water it. Yeah, nothing real challenging, nothing. Keep it simple stoner is really what works best for me. In a commercial environment, there'd be a lot of, we plug some shit in, it would all water for me. But keep it simple stoner is what seems to work the best. All right, I got super rambly. You guys, thank you for listening. My friend, One Deep, thank you for the great question. Do check your email because you've got a coupon code for a free pack of Irie Genetics Premium Seeds. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if I did not read your grow question on today's episode, please do not feel discouraged. I've got a mountain here. I'm not going to lift up the whole stack of papers, but it's that thick. If you're only listening to the show, it's that thick. If you're watching on YouTube, you get to see how thick it is. I encourage you guys, go check out the YouTube video. It looks real sharp. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if I did not read your message, don't feel discouraged. I've got a lot of podcasting coming up. I will read your question on a future episode. Keep sending me those grow questions. Go to the Irie Genetics website. Use that grow help tab. I look forward to your questions. Ladies and gentlemen, boys, girls, pimps, hoes, friends, foes, smokers, growers, clone cutters, pollen chuckers, all of you beautiful cannabis enthusiasts out there, I do want to thank you once again for listening to another episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. If you have listened this far to my ramblings, you do deserve a coupon code. That's right. Use coupon code LOVE, L-O-V-E, LOVE, to save 10% on iRedirect.com. That coupon code applies to every product on iRedirect. There's a lot of great stuff up there, and stay tuned because there is new stuff coming soon. Speaking of coming soon, I've got a great breeding episode planned for the next show, so make sure you check out the next episode. I've got three good breeding questions pre-selected for that podcast. And like I said before, don't feel discouraged if I have not read your message. I've got a mountain of emails, and I have no reason to stop podcasting. All right, I'm super rambly. I'm going to wrap up the show. Uh, make sure you check out the website, iregenetics.com. Make sure you check out the Patreon campaign at patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. I'll be back in a week with fresh new content. I want to give a big shout out to my friend Diver Dave. And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me. Rasta Jeff, you bad motherfucker. Big up yourself every time, Rusty Jeff.
take another dab. Grab your piece and I got by the bag. Rise the in the lab. Sit back, hug your mom, be relaxed. Oh.